This is from 1 Kings chapter 19, starting at verse 1. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel of the Lord touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled for forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram, Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Maholah, to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Over the summertime in, uh, in Lund, we have been receiving uh, postcards from heaven. We've, uh, we, had, we started with a postcard from Job. We had a postcard from uh, Noah. 
uh, a postcard from Joseph and a couple of weeks ago we had a, a postcard from Daniel and although summer's over I realise that one last postcard has somehow maybe got lost in the post uh, managed to sneak its way through and uh, find its way to Lum and it's from Elijah it says I'm taking a much needed and somewhat unexpected break in Horob trying to get away from it all the weather has been very changeable So, Elijah, the prophet, Elijah. And uh, we might say these are the days of Elijah. And I just want to tell you uh, what had been happening in the days of Elijah before we get to chapter 19. Uh, Just to kind of uh, fill you in on on the story so far. Um, Elijah um, uh, was told by God to to, to pronounce um, a drought on, on the earth. And uh, God sent ravens to feed him, uh, amazingly, miraculously, sent ravens and they fed him. Uh, God visited a, a widow in, uh, and, and, uh, and provided, uh, miraculously her food had run out and he was able to provide food for her. And then a son was taken ill and actually died and he was able to bring a son back to life. So he'd lived a, a pretty amazing and miraculous life. And then, uh, to culminate it all, he took on, in chapter 18, uh, the prophets of Baal. And uh, he dramatically defeated them by calling fire down from heaven on a sacrifice uh, to show uh, whose God was the most powerful. So this is where we join Elijah. And so far, Elijah has known nothing but kind of miracles and, and, and success. And uh, maybe... Uh, we don't find it that easy to identify with that Elijah. Maybe it's not your uh, experience that food is miraculously uh, provided and you call down fire from heaven. I don't know whether that's your experience. It's certainly not mine. Um, But um, those were the days of Elijah. And we continue with the days of Elijah. And James reminds us uh, that Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. And we might be thinking, well, it doesn't sound like a man just like us with all those amazing things happen. Uh, But maybe we will be able to identify a little bit more with the next part of Elijah's story. Because Elijah is a prophet under pressure. Elijah is a prophet under pressure. And the cause of that pressure, we read that Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, how he killed the prophets with the sword. And so Jezebel sends a message to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. In other words, she sends a message saying, I'm going to kill you. I don't know if you've ever been threatened. Anybody ever been threatened? It's not nice, is it? If you have. I don't know if you have. You might think, as a Baptist minister, you never get threatened. In, in my first church, can you believe it? One of the neighbours uh, threatened me. Pulled me to one side, uh, a little bit Elijah, and he told me that if I, if I didn't shut the youth club that was uh, causing a bit of bother, he was going to get some mates to sort me out. True going to get some mates to sort me out and the thing about being under pressure is when you're under pressure you do things that maybe you wouldn't normally do the following friday at the uh, at the youth club uh, suddenly the youth club deserted and everybody went out which no one meant something was going on and uh, so i wandered out to see what was happening and to my horror all the young people were gathered outside this neighbor's house who had threatened to sort me out if i didn't sort the youth club out 
And uh, a, a guy from the other side of town, another gang had come and was having a fight with this other guy. One had a baseball bat, one had a, a steel bar. Suddenly I found myself in, in the middle of them and I took the baseball bat off the guy from our youth club. And so then I was standing facing this big guy with a metal bar. The things you do when you're under pressure. You don't always do things that if you were calm and collective, uh, you probably wouldn't do. As you see, I, I did survive to tell the, tell the tale. Um, but Elijah is a man under pressure. He's, he's under threat. And we may think it's strange, having experienced all these fantastic things in his life, bringing a child back to life, defeating the prophets of Baal, that a little note from, from the queen saying, I'm going to get you, uh, wouldn't deter or upset or cause Elijah the stress and anxiety that he did. But he did. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba and Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went for days journey into the desert. Some people think that uh, Elijah may have been suffering from some sort of uh, depressive illness. Uh, and uh, mental illness is, is, is a difficult thing and, and lots of people uh, struggle from mental illness. And one day you can be uh, on the mountaintop thinking life's great and the next minute you can be in the moments of despair. And this was Elijah's story. And it's interesting that Elijah leaves his servants and uh, goes out into the desert alone. And very often, isn't it the case that when we feel uh, desperate or feel under pressure, that one of the things we tend to do is isolate ourselves from other people. Uh, people tend to stop coming to church when things go wrong. Uh, they isolate themselves. And Elijah isolates himself. He goes out into the desert on his own. He's, a, he's, he's fearful for his life. He comes to a broom tree, sits down under it, prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I've had enough. Uh, Elijah has reached breaking point. He's a prophet under pressure. And when we were looking at some of the other characters, some of the ghost gods, do you remember Job? When we were looking at the, the, the story of Job, he, he was uh, uh, the, the man that, every, that had a terrible day and everything wrong. His immediate response was to say, the Lord's given and the Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then in the very next chapter, like the prophet Elijah, he's saying, I don't know why, I wish I'd never been born. And... Uh, Elijah has had enough. He's had enough. He's a little bit stressed right now. And uh, he wants to be left alone. He's had enough. Uh, But the great thing is, you know, Elijah might have had enough of God and his miracles. But the good news is that God hasn't had enough of Elijah. And sometimes we need to hear that, doesn't it? Don't we? We need to hear that God hasn't had enough of you. However uh, disappointed you might have been, however fed up you are with things that are going on, God hasn't had enough of you. Elijah, a prophet under pressure. We have different types of pressure, don't we? I'm under a bit of pressure this morning because I know that uh, some people have got a football match that they want to get to and uh, are watching the clock. I've got to, uh, I'm moderating at Zion Baptist Church. I've got to uh, chair a church meeting. There's different sorts of pressures that we, that we face and people respond in different ways to the pressures that we face. And, and one uh, response is, is just to run away, to want to get away. You've heard of the, the fight or, or, or flee. Uh, you know, and very often when we're faced with a, a crisis, we either stand up and fight or we run away. 
Uh, Elijah wasn't going to be, it wasn't the first or the last prophet to run away. Do you remember Jonah? Uh, when Jonah told him to go to, to Nineveh, what did Jonah do? He runs in the opposite direction. Very often our immediate response is to want to, to run away, to get away. Elijah is a prophet under pre- pressure, but he's also a prophet under provision. Elijah is a prophet under provision. All at once an angel touched him and, and said, get up and eat. And he looked round, and there by his head was a cake and bread, baked bread, hot coals, and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Sometimes when people are under pressure, uh, what they actually need is, is a break. What they actually need is, is some uh, replenishments. And, uh, you know, an angel might not always turn up on our doorstep when things are going wrong, uh, but somebody might turn up with a cake. Somebody might turn up with uh, uh, a pie. Somebody might turn up with some food. And uh, sometimes uh, God gives us just what we need, that rest. What, what Elijah needed was a break. He'd been busy ministering in, in all those different situations and suddenly it got too much for him. And uh, God gives him this break and sends the angel. And of course, Jesus was the one that says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sometimes in church, that's the last thing we do, isn't it? We give, is giving people rest. Uh, we're busy doing this, busy doing that. Can you do this? Can you do that? And uh, sometimes we need to recognize that people actually sometimes need a break. They need rest. And we need to be uh, wise, you know, in, in, in recognizing when people are taking on too much. Come to me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe you can identify with Elijah in needing that break. The angel Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Journey? What, what journey is this? Not only has, uh, has God provided food and rest, uh, but a bit of a holiday as well. Uh, Elijah's going on a, on a holiday that he didn't know about. So he got up and he ate and he drank, strengthened by the food. He travelled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Elijah, a prophet under provision, God provided exactly what uh, Elijah needed. Sometimes we, 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 we think that the miracles are those massive things that happen, don't we? Uh, you know, the provision, ravens providing food, uh, miraculous uh, encounters bringing people back to life, fire from heaven. And uh, sometimes we can miss the small miracles because we're so busy looking for the huge things that we don't, that we miss the small miracles that are happening. Maybe all around us that God provides uh, just at the right moment. Elijah is also a prophet under providence because God hadn't finished with him. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing in this cave? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. These rites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophecy in episode. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And again, maybe you can identify with Elijah. I'm the only one. Uh, have you ever felt like that? I'm the only one who's, who's concerned about this. I'm the only one who's concerned about that. I'm the only one who's doing this. I'm the only one who's doing that. And sometimes we do have a bit of a, of a moan about that. And we feel like we're the only one. And, uh, and, and to add to that, they're trying to kill me too. Um, 
But God says, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. I love what uh, Ben did with the, with the children, bringing that little bit to, to life, wasn't it? Uh, because sometimes we expect the Lord to be in the, in the wind, don't we? In the mountains and shatter the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And, uh, you know, maybe people all around the world need to know that. It isn't the Lord that sends terrible winds that destroy and uh, cause havoc. Uh, and the Lord was not in the earthquake either. And the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. And he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Maybe you're in a cave this morning. Uh, it be interesting sometimes uh, uh, to do a, a Bible study of, of cavemen of the Bible. Do you remember, do you remember David when he was fleeing Saul? He found himself in a cave. Uh, Jesus, when he, when he died, he was placed in, in a borrowed cave. All sorts of things happen to people in the Bible in caves. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, but Elijah is brought out of the cave when he hears this whisper. And maybe some of us need to come out of that cave and hear the whisper of God. Do you need to hear God whispering to you this morning? Do you need to hear that whisper that God is with you? Uh, that God is there? Because that's what Elijah heard. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? The same question that he asked before. And Elijah gives exactly the same answer. Do you know that? Notice that? Exactly the same answer. I've served you uh, faithlessly. Everyone else, is, is, I'm the only one left. He gives him the same reply. And God says... What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Anoint Jehu, son of Nishma, king over Israel. And anoint Elijah, son of Japhat, from Abel Mohala, to succeed you as a prophet. In other words, Elijah, carry on doing what you've been doing. Carry on being that prophet for me. And sometimes maybe... We just need to hear that word, carry on. Carry on doing what God has called you to do. As a church, we're called to carry on doing the things that God has called us to do. And yes, you know, it would be wonderful if there was, if there was fantastic miracles and we could call down, you know, probably wouldn't want to call down fire from heaven, but you know what I mean. Uh, but let's remember, it was the whisper of God that brought back Elijah on stream. It was knowing that God was with him. It was hearing God speak to him that brought him out of the cave and set him back in his prophetic role. And maybe this morning, some of us just need to hear that gentle whisper to say, carry on, carry on serving me. Carry on doing those things. And oh, by the way, you're not alone. He gently reminds Elijah that there are others who also haven't bowed down. Sometimes we feel as if we are alone and we're the only ones. And as Christians, we can feel like that, can't we, in this world where nobody else seems to be interested in God and maybe you're the only Christian in your workplace, the only Christian in, in the school, the only Christian in your neighbourhood. And uh, God reminds us that there are others. God says there are others. In, in verse 18, he, he talks about uh, the fact that there are others uh, who haven't bowed down to the God Baal. So, 
God met Elijah in his despair and he lovingly told him that there was much more left to do, even if he could not fully understand it all yet. Paul Young, in, in his book, The Shack, says, This God does not abandon, does not do abandonment. We will never be powerful enough to make God's face turn from us because God knows us utterly and is with us always. You are never a disappointment. Elijah was a prophet under providence because God still had a purpose for him. God still had a job for him to do. And as a people of God, maybe we need to hear, you know, that God has still got work for us to do. That there are still people that he wants us to reach. That as we start this new season, as we welcome the Pays team amongst us, let's really pray that God will do amazing things. Let's take time to encourage one another and support one another in the work of God here in this place. And let's remember that sometimes people might be under pressure, but our God is the God who provides. And our God is the God who gives us a purpose. And our God is a God who remains with us. So let's pray together.